Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 216 of the All Dolphins podcast. And you've probably figured out by now by seeing the two uh, distinguished guests that we have in the bottom of the screen, Marissa Marino and Biggie Berger. This is another episode of when dolphin podcasts unite uh well, first of all from uh i was just gonna say welcome to our guest marissa ian how are you good glad to be here thanks for having me ian is a fan of the year what year were you a fan of the year ian the the original fan of the year 2020 actually was the oh, first year that they started the program and uh i was very honored to be part of that but i'm Honored to be here with with you guys and Marissa. This first time Marissa and I have actually been on a, yeah. a podcast together. But Omar, you and I have done a couple in the past. Dolphins talk. Alan, I've seen you a couple times at Dolphins training camp. But uh, this is going to be fun. I'm really excited for this. Yes, and and Marissa, I, I'm a big fan of Marissa, as most people have known. Um, I I love a female's perspective on sports and teams, and um, I think she's done a phenomenal job. She's a rookie. And, you know, we'll haze rookies, but, you know, we'll be we'll be nice to you on this one. Um, but we will haze you by making you start all commentary on all subjects today. I'm ready for it. Awesome. Bring it on. Awesome. All right. Let, let's uh, we're going to skip. Omar, we're going to skip the history lesson today, which we'll, we'll we'll pick it up again tomorrow because this episode will be 216, which would mean 2016, which was a rare dolphin playoff appearance for that span under first year head coach, Adam Gase, but we don't want to waste any time on the history lesson today with our guests. So we're going to start off with, I guess the latest major news involving the dolphins. And that's the hiring of Anthony Weaver as defensive coordinator, Marissa, Ian, your thoughts from a fan standpoint on that hiring. Yeah. Um, to me, it's a great hire. I will say that initially before his name was kind of put into the hat, I was all on board for Frazier. Um, I like the fact that he had, you know, coming in here, had a lot of experience, head coach um, experience, you know, defensive coordinator and brought a lot of tenure to the team. However, if we are going to go with an outside hire, um, since that did not happen, huge fan of his. Um, for me, it's what have you done for me lately? And so I'm not really looking at his performance with the Texans because I know that defense wasn't great. But, you know, to his credit, he only had TJ Watt he was really working with. But as of right now, if you look at the past few years with him, with the Ravens as their um assistant head coach and their D lineman coach. He's done great. I mean, the numbers are there. The defense of the Ravens are, were absolutely a powerhouse. I think that he's going to bring the, what this team needs, which is definitely a player's coach, someone who has, you know, played in games, been in the trenches, can understand that part of the game. Um, I will say that I love the fact that he is, on the sidelines with the guys during the game. I hope that that happens for the Dolphins. And I hope that, you know, that follows over um, instead of calling the plays upstairs. I really, really love that. Um, but I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this hire. Um, you know, I don't understand, you know, 
Harbaugh gave him rave reviews. Um, I read all of that. He, you know, had a lot of great things to say about him, but he did not move him to the defensive coordinator position. I don't really know how that, what that speaks out, um, you know, for them. But needless to say, clearly the Dolphins have interviewed a ton of people, and I feel like they probably did their due diligence with him. So every interview I've seen. Yeah, I hope. So every interview I've seen of his, um, he seems to match the culture. And if the issue with Fangio was he couldn't relate to the players, the players had an issue getting along with him. It seems like this might be the guy who can do that. But the proof will be in the pudding and we'll see what happens in the season. But I'm excited. You said something that really stuck out to me. You said you felt like they needed a player's coach. Why is that? Just because of Mike McDaniel's mentality or way and if Mike McDaniel is the ultimate players coach, and I think if you look up players coach in the dictionary, his picture would be there. Yeah. Why wouldn't they go with somebody to counter culture that? Yeah. I mean, for me, I guess when I say players coach, I mean, you know, we know that Mike McDaniel did not play in the NFL. I mean, his, all of his comes from, you know, being a coach, being an assistant coach, just like always being that support in the background. So I think there's something different. I think there's a level of respect and I'm sure Mike McDaniel has lots of respect, but I think there's a level of respect that's earned when you've actually played in the NFL yourself and you have that experience. I mean, from what I've seen in scrimmages and practices, Anthony Weaver's not afraid to get out there and, you know, push some, you know, some bags around and kind of like be out there and be physical with the guys. And since Mike McDaniel doesn't offer that, I think it's great that Anthony Weaver does. And I'm hoping, to be honest with you guys, I'm hoping that because of the age being closer, it'll kind of bridge the gap. I feel like there was this huge separation of... You have a problem with old guys, uh, Marissa? (laughs) Is that what you're getting at? Definitely not a problem, but I feel like it was for McDaniel. I'm not in there. I don't know what happens, but it didn't seem like there was... You know, at the end of the day, Mike McDaniel is the head coach of that team, and it didn't seem like him and Vic Fangio... Like there was much say. It felt like it was very divided. This is Vic Fangio's defense and that's how it is. Um, But at the end of the day, Mike McDaniel is the head coach. And if things are being questioned, I don't know how comfortable Mike McDaniel felt about bringing those things up. But that's just from, you know, what I viewed. And uh, but I'm excited. He seems to be a heavy blitzer and I'm excited to have a little bit of that back. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Biggie, your turn. Uh, Well, and and. Marissa covered a lot of great points, but here's what I would say. First of all, from a fan's perspective, you know, this time last year, we knew the hot name on the market was Vic Fangio, right? Early on, as soon as Vic Fangio left about a month ago, I didn't hear Anthony Weaver's name a lot. It ended up being that he was interviewed amongst what 10 other people it felt like that he was interviewed with. So those I don't know being interviewed for head coaching jobs, and he was interviewed for. And I'm going to bring that up too because I think that's really important to talk about. Um, I don't know what to think about him. I do know that he was part of the Baltimore Ravens the last couple of seasons. Baltimore Ravens are always known to have a solid defense. That's kind of their identity. It has been for a long time. Um, but I think we get a very polar opposite type of human than we had with Vic Fangio. Vic was, you know, the older old style. He didn't mind. He didn't mind throwing out, you know, names during press conferences and saying, you know, the reason why Cam Smith isn't playing this week, cause he sucks. And that's kind of what he did. And you don't really, what he said, I know, I know. I I apologize. I'm not quoting him. I am not quoting him. But what I'm saying is 
he threw he told he basically told it the way it was during press conferences and that's not what you see in today's environment with a lot of head coaches when you think about successful head coaches um and i think that that sometimes will rub players the wrong way and let's be honest even though players have come out now and said oh i you know kicking rocks it really wasn't geared towards that i didn't mean sure. to type this and mm-hmm. then, yeah i mean cool. it was it was interesting that there were four or five players that came out right after the announcement that you could tell they were happy about this move and that just tells you that type of coaching probably doesn't do doesn't do good with these younger players that are in their 20s i think what coach mike mcdaniel is doing with the type of coaching where he's trying to bring people up instead of tearing people down I think that makes a difference. And I think Anthony Weaver brings that type of mentality. So I think Mike is trying, Coach McDaniel is saying, hey, I want to find somebody who can do what I do, except on the defensive side, and they can really focus and they can bring these guys up instead of banging them down when they're not doing well. So I I think the hire is to be seen. But the other thing, Omar, and you mentioned this, you alluded to this. It doesn't excite me knowing that he applied for head coaching jobs because this time next season, yeah. we may be back to where we are today. If he only gets if successful, only, only if he's successful, which would mean that would be good for us, right? That would be yeah. good yeah. for the Miami Dolphins organization. But if, if we have not, a really good season, he's going to end up getting a head coaching job because that's what yeah. he ultimately wants. Which, be honest with you, they, if they you are a coach, all want that. They should all want, all want exactly, that. exactly. Um, and 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 here's my only point to this, and and I hear the sentiment that you have, Biggie, about oh, we might be selecting our fourth defensive coordinator in four years. Okay, tough titty said to kitty. Like, if if he goes on and he gets elevated into a head coaching position, that would obviously mean he did his job and, he, and the unit was good and the unit was at least a top 10 unit. My biggest concern when you look at the talent that they have returning on defense, the healthy talent, not the Jalen Phillips, not the free agent talent, just what's there now where the coverage look extremely bare. It's going to be a hell of a job to make it just status quo as opposed to make it improve it. And I think that this team cannot afford any slippage, not defensive slippage, not offensive slippage. So if he's has success and people are banging down the door, trying to hire him to become a head coach, that would mean your team had success, your defense had success, and I'm fine finding a fourth and then a fifth and then a sixth defensive coordinator if it means they're having success. Okay. Speaking of having success, you know I'm going to chime in with this, and this is old, old guy rant over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> no offense, anybody. I'm sorry if Vic was too rough on you guys. Did we hear a whole – did we hear as much complaining about the way he was treating players when they were ranked fourth in the NFL in total defense – Heading into the Baltimore game, um, and this whole notion, and and I and trust me, Biggie, I get it. Today's player is totally different. You can't constantly beat down on players. I get it, but there's also there's a gap between that approach and pretty please. This I would like you to do this coverage because I think it works out perfect, better. For, I mean, there's got to be some middle ground here, and right or wrong. Can we not argue that perhaps there's an issue of toughness uh, with this team? It could and, be in the entire NFL, though, not just with this team. It could be. Well, with- but here's the thing, though. If there's an issue of toughness with the Chiefs, for example, it doesn't manifest itself in the playoffs or down the stretch or with the Baltimore Ravens, even though their game, their their OC got, I don't know if he got crazy nuts the day of, of the AFC Championship game. 
But I think you see my point that relative to other quote-unquote high-end teams, which the Dolphins were supposed to be or were for most of the season, I think I think maybe it's, it's fair to question the toughness of that team. And if we're going to do cartwheels because the tough, the tough, nasty man is now gone. But I, 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 I think, and, and to that point too, I think you bring up a great point, Alan, but here's the other part to that. They didn't have the level of injury uh, injury issues that the Miami Dolphins had. Could we consider ourselves to be tough if we had Jalen Phillips and we had all the other guys and they were playing at a high level? Um, who who knows how far we could have gone had these guys been healthy? They don't. They're not experiencing that. The 49ers aren't experiencing that, and that continues to be a problem. It feels like every December, you know, twenty guys are on the injury report for whatever the reason is, and they're dinged up in one way, shape, or form, as most teams do. But the ones that are healthy are the ones that feel like they survive all the way to the end of the year. So that's not that's not a matter of uh, you know of being. Uh, bad boys, or oh, you know, yeah. e- exactly, exactly, or tough, or whatever. It is. That's a matter of being able to last 18, yeah. 20, 22 games. And, and you know, it's funny that you say that, um, Biggie. Uh, you know, Mike McDaniel had this approach and strategic approach about getting to December and playing their best ball in December and saving players for December. And ultimately, it didn't work out because the end result wasn't what what everybody desired. But it was a philosophical approach and an adjustment that he made from his rookie season to his next season. Now, I want to ask the panel here, what areas of growth and improvement do you hope to see from Mike McDaniel from year two to year three? Start with you, Mirtha. Okay. Um. So Mike McDaniel improvement. Um. For me, year three is a big one. I have, I think that year one, year two, didn't get the AFC East, you know, didn't win a playoff game. Okay. Chalk it up to first time head coach, although he's not a rookie to coaching, but first time head coach year three, though, I don't know. I have so much grace to give. Um, I expect in at least an AFC East win um, this go around from without him. seeing the roster, without seeing what the Bills do, without seeing how you, you you're you're just AFC out the gate. This it's all <laughs> Josh Allen. Sorry, I, still think, I still think that there's a lot of talent on the team, regardless of of how many people. I mean, there's a lot of free agents. I do get that. But I do think that, you know, Chris Greer needs to be smart. Um, I'm hoping he's going to be smart. Um, But, I mean, with Mike McDaniel, I think that, first of all, I need him to learn from the lessons that he speaks about at the podium, but then aren't really followed through with in the next games. And for me, that first one is going to be, I think, what everybody has heard ad nauseum of committing to the run game. you know, looking at stats, I threw some stats out there on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. But the amount of times that we run the ball on third and short and fourth and short is just staggering how much we don't. We do those, you know, backward passes to, you know, go back two yards to gain the one yard. And as a fan, um, someone watching it, that's extremely frustrating. And, you know, Mike McDaniel will continue to get on that podium and say, yeah, man, I, sh- I should have ran it. I should have ran it. You know, there were certain games where you saw A-Chan, I mean, first quarter, ran for 95 yards, and then he had the ball two or three times the rest of the game. Now, 
maybe there was some toe injury or something that they didn't necessarily allude to. But from our perspective, it's like, okay, that's working. Why are we diverting from that? So, um, so you want more of a commitment to the run game, even even though they were number one in yards per. Uh, I'm gonna throw it in your face, just like I throw it in. That's okay. Face. I can handle it. Num- number one in yards per carry in the NFL. They were what number four in rushing yards per season. You want more running? I do. I do. I mean. So if they were the number one, if they would have committed to the run game and stuck with it, how much further could they have gotten with the run? I mean, I know there's nothing bigger than one, but you look at, I mean, I've even been posting stuff from like the 72 Dolphins where everything was just like this physical run game. Different brand. Well, yeah, I mean, apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. But I still think that, I still think that, I still think that you've got the weapons there. I mean, I think that these guys have the capability. You've got most of, you've got A-Chan. And I do think that there were so many times, I mean, even third and goal, fourth and goal, passing for it. I mean, these end zone fades, you know, to a Tyreek Hill, who's, you know, not the tallest guy out on the field. Um, You know, that to me, is not Mike McDaniel to me sometimes outsmarts himself on the field. I don't know if he gets nervous. I don't know what happens, but I think that he overthinks it sometimes. And so I'd like to see him kind of dial it down, get back to some of the basics and the fundamentals that, you know, the beginning of the season, I saw some really cool plays, some awesome things from him. And I feel like towards the end of the season, I didn't see that much. You didn't see it because there were a ton of injuries. And I and oh, does not want to hear my excuses. Yeah. Uh, before okay. before Biggie chimes in here, uh, so just one thing though, Mike McDaniel's mo after controversial or questionable play calls, his answer is always, "Yeah, it was a bad call because it didn't because it didn't work." Always, he never says, "Yeah." In retrospect, and there's nothing wrong with that because again, if the play worked, we would all be like, "No, oh, that's." Good way and, to go. What a what a great decision. There were also plenty of instances where passing on those third and shorts and fourth and shorts did work. And when you do have an accurate quarterback, I'm not defending it because I, right. I certainly beat him down. I was the one that asked him the question and he was like, bring it on, come on, bring it on, give me all right. the statistics. Um, you know, and but it it did work. You know, we 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 second guess play calling because we know the results. And that's one of the things that I've always shied away from doing throughout my career. I'm not going to second guess play calling because I know what the results are. If I, if I say it on Twitter, this is what I would do, or I'm not, or I'm going for it, or I'm not going for it. That's what I stick to no matter what the outcome is. Um, I I'm not afforded that, you know, nobody's going to judge me based on what the outcome of my decision is. Unfortunately, Mike McDaniel, I do agree. He has to mature a little bit as a head coach in terms of play calling in terms of, and I've said this, you know, I've said this from the jump and I will argue to my, to my death on this, their offense with all that motion, all those cheap motions, it does not travel well. And it will probably never travel well. Um, When you have to go silent count, silent cadences, it doesn't give you that element of surprise where Tyreek is running full speed when Tua snaps the ball. So, you know, what'd you say? And run it. And Omar, it's not second guessing to say in the playoff game at KC, for example, Raheem Mostert runs for what? Six, seven, five, four yards, gets to third and one pass, fourth and one pass. I mean, that's. 
I mean, that's that's all I was saying. I mean, the, the statistics, those numbers don't lie of how what percentage of times we run the ball when we're on those third and short and fourth and shorts. I would just like to see a commitment to that from him. And for me, the, you know, the other thing before I pass it over to Big E is, you know, I – I do not know what goes on in that locker room. I'm not there. I don't live in Florida, so I couldn't even begin to speculate. I would like to see, and that, and maybe it's not his brand, and so I don't want him to be something he's not because I do love the part of him that elevates players and who has gotten so much production out of Tua and who has built confidence in players. But the funny man shtick and certain stuff, like after winning, you know, after losing a tough game, I really, that's just not for me. I don't, I don't want that from my coach. I want to coach. That's who he is though. I, I get it. I get it. But after, if we were winning, I great. But when we're losing, that is a hard pill to swallow. And I want to see a fired up coach. One who's like, Marissa, Marissa, that's with the media in the locker room. And if you saw in hard knocks in the locker room, after they play, he remains positive, but he's not joking. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Big, Biggie, what do you hate about Mike McDaniel? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> it's a joke. What okay. would you like to see him? So, so first of all, I think from an improvement perspective, I, I do think that his time management improved from one season to the next. I, I remember first season, you know, they were ended up having to call timeouts with no time on the clock because mm. Mike was trying to figure out what he needed to do. Um, last season, I think we definitely saw an improvement with that. He was very decisive with the play call that he wanted to to call. And I'll tell you, as a fan, just real quick, this was the most amount of fun I've had as a fan in probably 20 years. Right when we were when we were beating a team by 70 points, you know seven, that that Denver Broncos game, which was just unbelievable. And when you saw some of those wins, you know, and and we had the opportunity at the end of the season to clinch the AFC East with like three or four games left. That was, that was something we haven't experienced as Dolphins fans in a very long time. But with that said, I think I was disappointed more than I've been disappointed in like 20 years. So it's like I had the high, but then I had the low, low as well at the same season. But the one thing I saw with Mike McDaniel was, and the one thing I need, I want to see him do is first of all, be consistent with the plays that are working. I think that was what you were trying to say. Uh, And I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but that's how I feel. You know, if if the running is working, then you've got to stick with it and you've got to be consistent with it. And I know, um, you know, with the Buffalo Bills game, for instance, when we saw this new version of running from the Dolphins where, you know, Tua was turning about 180 degrees and giving it, you know, to the rookie and he's going the opposite direction. He was getting 15 to 20 yard chunks. Pistol, he- the pistol, the RPO. It was an element of their offense that they just unleashed for specifically that game. And maybe it was predicated based on the personnel that they had available because unlike some people, they want to ignore the fact that injuries were a factor at the end of the season. Like, you know, your top four offensive players are not healthy. But, you know, some people want to ignore that. Omar, Big E's just making the point of how well it worked in the first half, despite all the injuries. The difference was in the second half, they ran it a couple of times, but Buffalo was all over it because they adjusted to it. And 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 that's, I think, that's, so that's my biggest pain point, I think, with Coach McDaniel is even when you think about the way the season kind of went through, it felt like McDaniel, he's a, he's a, what do we call him? We call him a guru when it comes to play calling, right? Everybody says he's a play calling genius. But I felt that by, you know, by the time we got to the Buffalo Bills and then as we got throughout the season, 
it felt like he didn't change. He kept trying to come up with, you know, except for that Buffalo game, the rest of it was they wanted to play the same football. It felt like where it was get the ball out of, out of, you know, out of Tua's hand as quickly as possible, get it into Tyreek's hand, get it into Waddle's hands and let them do the business. But the other teams were figuring it out. And it doesn't feel like we necessarily were able to counter that. So he is a play calling genius. But what I want to see from him is I want to see him be able to change on the fly a little more frequently. And I know there were some fans that were banging on the table saying, get an offensive play caller. Let McDaniel be the designer of the plays. Good luck with and, that. And let him. I, I heard that. I read that. And that was a couple of ideas, you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, that's, I think, where he's going to be able to make the next make the next step as a head coach is be able to make sure that when he goes in at halftime, he's coming out with something that's going to work approach. in the second uh, half. Exactly. A different approach versus the same thing as we saw against the Bills. Uh, something I, to counter the adjustment that the defense is, is invariably going to make. And that's what happened against Buffalo, for example. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Exactly. Exactly. I, I would agree with um, Biggie that that is my biggest criticism of Mike McDaniel. If you, you when The second half adjustments um, and I'm not saying that they weren't successful all the times, but, you know, at the end of the season, I'm sorry, I'm going to give him a pass because there's nothing you're going to adjust with Braxton Berrios, Chase Claypool, uh, J- Robbie Chosen, um, Cedric Wilson. I'm sorry. It, it, all injuries. It, yeah, there, there, there's very limited I can do in terms of adjustments, but I would love to have seen him have better second half adjustments to counteract what teams were doing when they took X away from them and not X like Twitter or Xavier Howard, but you know, yes. And I, and I, and I think to me, the only improvement he can make is rub his voodoo doll more so that injuries don't occur at the end of the season. And the dolphins automatically win the super bowl per this guy over here. And, and, and here's the, here's the thing. The thing is, is that there were a lot of dolphins players that played, but let's be honest. They were half of that offense was dinged up. Every, half, at least half of that every, offense was dinged up, right? It, it, uh, even but, though they were playing, but, but, they were playing but, injured. Here it comes. Here it comes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, he's sorry, Biggie. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on board that ship. You're playing. You're playing. If you if your guy is missing, that's fine. Isaiah Pacheco had ankle and toe injuries before the Baltimore game. That he was a question mark. They weren't sure if he was going to play, and he played and he performed. One and ask the players themselves if they're playing. They should be out. And, and I'm not stupid enough that or or stubborn enough that I'm not going to acknowledge the fact that Tyreek wasn't the same guy in Nor the last Waddle. weeks. Nor was Waddle. But you can't – You the guys are out there. Raheem. Make it work. Raheem wasn't the same either, right? He missed a week, yeah. right? He missed, he oh, missed he that missed Bills game. Week. Yeah. He didn't miss uh, a game. He, must, he missed more than a week. He missed like three weeks. Was it three? I thought he just missed the Bills game. No. I could be wrong. He missed multiple games. Um, you got hurt against Dallas, Omar. Come on. I got hurt against Dallas in how many games? He missed two. Did he no. play Baltimore? And did he miss Baltimore and Buffalo? He missed. He missed Baltimore and Buffalo. Thank you, sir. Two. Okay. Well, you said uh, three. We said one. So we we met half. We were halfway in the middle. We're in the middle. We're we're halfway there. Okay. Um, let Let's get into what everybody wants to discuss: the marriage proposal. 
uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa to the Miami Dolphins or Miami Dolphins proposing to Tua. Um, we, and I say we as the, oh, oh, oh you're putting your ring on. Uh, you, you're the man who wants to stay single. What are you talking about? I do. Your ring on. Uh, <laughs> um, we as a podcast have unilaterally said um, we're in full support of making him play the fifth year option out and making him positioning him to play on the franchise tag. While that is not an ideal position, mm -hmm. um, it gives you two years to see, and he's going to be making $60 million. I'm not shedding a tear for a guy who's making $60 million over two years. Now, that's not necessarily how the organization has handled it in the past or will handle it because, as you know, quarterbacks get treated differently than everybody else in the NFL. Yep. Um, where are you as fans and as Dolphins Talk contributors, DolphinsTalk.com contributors, regarding the Tua Tungavaloa Miami Dolphins relationship? Should it be moving forward to a proposal? Plans for a wedding? Biggie, you you started out. Uh, uh, all right. So so I uh first of all, I'm gonna remind you of something you told me two years ago, I think it was two, maybe even three years ago. You said two is ceiling was Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's really not that bad, right? Because he won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Drew Brees won the Super Bowl. Um, so here's the other thing. And when I talk to people, when I talk to friends, when I talk on a podcast, you know, we have not had the level of success that we've seen from Tua since Dan Marino. Thank you. You know, and the fact is, is that you can go out and draft quarterbacks. You could go out, you can go out, you can go out there and draft quarterbacks and you could trade for quarterbacks, but there's you're you know, it's a dime a dozen and you're going to find some that are successful. And you're going to find some that fail, but here's what we know. We know that Tua led the NFL in passing last season. We know that two seasons ago, he was number one in the national football league for accuracy don't look at the Pro Bowl, by the way, because that's not real. That was not real. Let's not let's not go there, right? Hey, he was at Disney all day with his kids. Stop judging him. <laughs> but I think where I had the biggest challenge for me personally was seeing those last three or four weeks where Tua definitely had some challenges, and it felt like he struggled at times. Um, yeah, and whole game. Well, and and you know, like I include the Dallas game in that bunch, and he had he had a good ending, good game against mm -hmm. Dallas. Right? We got lucky with some fumbles, but everybody gets lucky sometimes. Um, but in my opinion, I would say, let him play out the fifth year option. I'm not against that. Here's the, here's the, the risk or reward. The risk is he has a great season and now the dolphins have to figure out what to do, either put him on the franchise tag the following year or pay the man the money, which he's going to be more expensive if he has a good year. Um, or you, you know, after fifth year, he's not, you know, he regresses from what we just saw this last season and you go out and get him some competition. Right. But again, you're 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 going to pay less money for a fifth year option than you would if you re-sign him, although re-signing him could have benefits to a salary yeah. cap. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a couple of different ways, but I definitely want to see him quarterback in the Miami Dolphins next season. I do think that he's very talented. I I do think he's the best that we've seen since Marino. I, I some people are like, well, you're just settling for the second. I'm like. Again, how many how many quarterbacks did we get to to get to this point, you know, with Tua? So and, you know, plus he's the character of guy that you want to see leading your team. You know, unlike there are some other quarterbacks out there, Cleveland Browns, that you may not want to see leading your team. But that's just me.
But, but Biggie, I, let me interject here real quick. Just on, on one quick point, I'm not going to rehash my whole stance on Tua because it's pretty well known by now. Uh, but when you mention he's the best since Marino, uh, is he, by the way, we never addressed the fact, Marissa, he's not related to you, right? Dan's not related to you? No. I knew, I knew, I, I knew that I'm, I'm just coming <laughs> for the folks out there. No relation. Uh, that he, he's the most productive since Marino. Yeah, that's, with all due respect, not exactly a high bar. Go ahead, Marissa. Um, okay. So my opinions on Tua, um, I do not think that there is anybody that we could go out there and get right now that I think would put us in a better position than what we are in with Tua at the moment. No Kirk Cousins? No Kirk Cousins? You're not, you're not buying? No, no, no Jimmy no Jimmy G. He can't. He can't Please. do what Tua does. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not buying anything you guys are selling to me. Oh no, Justin Fields. <laughs> no, no Justin Fields because Justin Fields is clearly more athletic than Tua. Not going to give out a second and a fourth. Now offense. listen. Would I love a mobile quarterback? Sure, but I need one who can throw the ball too. So no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I need both. So is there anybody out there who I think would be a better placement than Tua? No. So I think that you that's available. I think you stick with Tua. However, I will say I don't necessarily agree that he is the best guy to lead my team in the sense that I haven't seen from him yet put a really big game on his back. The biggest thing I've seen was against Dallas. That last drive, I was like, what are him and McDaniel going to work Hey, up? hey, hey. The Chargers were fully on his back. That was awesome. Week, week that one. Was, week that, one. That was yeah. I I don't. I'm. He looking. carried him. Yeah. No, well, no. He made Tyreek. Tyreek and Waddle weren't open, wide open the entire. <laughs> Somebody has to throw the ball. But um, anyway, and, and many no. quarterbacks could have thrown the ball. That's my point precisely. Go ahead, Marissa. You, no, you guys see what I deal with every single day. <laughs> every day, I love this. I love so, it. For me, for me, Great. I need to see. Yeah, we can all do it. Yours sure. are hard. Oh no, we can't. <laughs> Um, I need to see something different from Tua. I think he's, I think he's good. Um, I think that his stats are good, are great. You know, number one in passing, like Ian said, is he an elite quarterback? Not by any stretch of the imagination. Do stats win you playoffs? Clearly they don't. So stats are great. And he can, you know, we can get, look at as many stats you want, but at the end of the day, all the Dolphins players are sitting on their couch for, you know, the rest of the playoffs and for the Super because Bowl. Because they could not beat elite quarterbacks. If you're saying to me that Tua has to be Josh Allen, yes, he has to beat them. But mm -hmm. if you're saying to me he has to be Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson, and if he's not, he's trash. I don't agree with that. I don't I don't think that because I think those guys are few and far between. I do think, though, that this season, I think that, in my opinion, what I saw, Tua, there were a couple moments that he wasn't. But for the most part, I feel like he was on much tighter of a leash because he, they wanted to see him be kept healthy. I think that he has the ability in him to be a little bit more mobile than I saw from him this season. You know, the fact that against Kansas City, you know, he did have a 10-yard run to pick up a first down, which was the biggest mobility we've seen from him all season, that 10-yard stretch. 
I do think it's important. You have to have the ability to give your receivers time. And the Miami Dolphins offense is such a timed offense. And when Tyreek is covered up and he's looking at his other reads and people are covered up, how do you extend that drive? And I want to see that from Tua. I want to see him be able to do that. You want to see him be able to extend plays and not just what's drawn up and what's scripted. A hundred percent. And I feel like those moments, though, I don't necessarily see the best reads from him. You see a lot of passes thrown into double coverage. You see a lot of, you know, sacks taken. I would like, you know, I've even said throw away the ball a little bit more. So, you know, for me, Tua, I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know if he's hit it. I know that he has progressed. You know, we wanted him to stay healthy this season. He stayed healthy this season. That was the big thing. Can Tua stay healthy? Can Tua stay healthy? I mean, being a top five rated quarterback for a second straight year, I, I'll stop at Poupard. That's her rating again. Uh, count, and again, the ratings, are, the ratings are great. And if what if he, you know, I ask you this, what if he's rated the top quarterback for the next six years, but the Dolphins go nowhere? So I, mean, I, 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 and I want to add something, you know, we talk about elite quarterbacks. I think there were times this season that I felt he was an elite quarterback. I think that there were other times where we said, what the heck happened to the elite quarterback that we saw in that prior game? Um, I think he just needs to put it all together in one full season and not have the ups and downs because let's not, let's not kid ourselves. There were certain times of this past season where they were talking about him being the MVP of the national football. Stats. But but th- that happened. I'm not lying, that's right? You're, you're, not, you're not lying, Biggie. But that's because because of the fascination with quarterbacks among voters, and because he was putting up the stats. Can we can we agree? Was there any point where Tyreek Hill was not the best player on this team? I I think that he had to get the ball to Tyreek. So you know, I think there were some moves that had that game against that game against the 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 Chargers for Week One, which by the way we were supposed to lose. Let's be honest. Um, he was going back and forth. Tyreek had a great game, but so did Waddle. So did, if I remember correctly, didn't Tua throw a game, a, a pass right before halftime with like no time on the clock that got him into field goal range? And that wasn't to Tyreek. That was to Cedric Wilson Jr., if I remember correctly. Well, that's because Jason Jackson had a brain fart that said to tackle him in the open field with the time ran out. But Tua wow. had to do that, right? And also, there was one play at the end of the game, if I remember correctly, that it was probably one of the most perfect passes that you will see from Tua to Tyreek in the corner of the end zone. It's and it's, there's not too many quarterbacks that are going to make that that throw. Now that time it worked the rest hey, hold of on, the hold game. Hold on, hold on. that game. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you're not going to go like this cuz hold on. Okay. Yeah. Cuz I'm going to give you to me the best throw of, of Tua's career clearly is in that Charger game. It was the third down pass to Tyreek on the game winning drive where he's moving up in the pocket, threw it on the run and hit him. That one. Look at the please look at the replay again of the game winner, that little fade. And tell me if Michael Davis, a cornerback, doesn't turn around, it's not an easy pick. He just put it, it – the ball literally went over the head of the cornerback. Mind you, it worked as a cornerback never never turned, but I, I'm not sorry. Oh, many, how many pass plays that are – Yeah, but how many, how many great passes that you see, you could say the exact same thing with the defender. If the defender happened to turn around – you know, then they could have made that except interception. That, that's a fade. That's a fade that could have been a game-ending interception. And mind you, it was a fine throw, but this notion that, first of all, how many quarterbacks could have thrown that that pass like that? 
a ton, with all due respect, a ton. I, I again, and I get, and I'm telling you that the throw to Tyreek earlier in that drive on third down was brilliant. I will, I will absolutely give that one. The, the game-winning touchdown to me was like a fade is supposed to be outstretched over here, not, not, and not work just because the DB doesn't turn around. Sorry. Uh, okay. Well, we, we've certainly hammered the Tua debate, and we will continue <laughs> to hammer the Tua debate until. I he, can't help it. Sorry. Sorry, people. Sorry. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate um, the conversation, guys. To me, I think the, the the real indicator of whether or not Tua gets his extension is whether or not they need the cap space. And that leads us into our final topic, which is the cap apocalypse that uh, I warned the world that it was coming <laughs> and nobody took me seriously. And everybody says, live in the moment, live in the moment, spend on daddy's credit card. We're, <laughs> we're, we're partying. We're what living out. Like, look at our roster. Okay. Well, when it comes time to pay the bill and now it is officially time to pay the bill. Um, how do you manage this? And, and I will ask you this question. The dolphins are $52 million over the cap. It, it, it grows every day. Um, <laughs> Then they've got to franchise tag Christian Wilkins by March 5th to retain him not or, or sign him to a multi-year contract. Your choices are multi-year contract, franchise tag, or expose him to the market. You choose whichever you'd like. And that does so. That means they've got to clear about $75 million before they even spend a dollar on their own free agents, on a, improving the roster, on on adding whatever they feel like they want to add, whether it be uh, a running back or another safety, this roster as is, you got to clear $75 million. If you just want Christian Wilkins, how tough will this off season be? And is, do you judge Chris Greer and make this a hot seat season? If they make the wrong decisions on this season. Ian, I mean, Big E. So I like to use the term that the cap can be treated as a layaway that you can buy today and and pay for it later. I guess that's not, that's rent to own, isn't it? Right. That's not layaway, but it's rent to own. But I, same, I, same. I, I, I see your point. I, I see, see my point. point. So, you know, the thing yeah. is, is that. I mean, but you, you're, you're really rent to own because you're actually using it. I get, but I get you. I like it. I like exactly. it. Exactly. And, and I think that's the mentality nowadays with cap space. Everybody sees those numbers and says, there's just no way the Dolphins are going to come close. There's no way they're going to be able to bring in players. But here's what they do because it's, it's become like, it's become more the rule with some of the top spending teams they say, all right, we've got this window. We're going to keep pushing the money back. We're going to put it, you know, we're going to give these players incentives, change their contracts around, make it so that they don't get paid for another two or three years. But, you know, they're going to get a big chunk today. And then it's on our books two or three years later. But what happens is in two or three years, you all of a sudden now have to pay the piper because it all comes crashing down. And I still think the Dolphins are in this window, this two or three year window that they can continue to push salaries back, continue to keep some of these really solid one players. Year, Go ahead. One, one year. year. You think we got one year left? One uh, year. Yeah. I, 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 I thought we had two more. That's okay. Yeah. I, I mean, if they can magically make it happen for another year, like, oh, wow, that's impressive. But I see this window as 2024. Too, too many 
expensive players. There's a lot. And, and, you know, I think there might be a surprise cutter here or there that we don't expect. Um, ooh, I don't know. Ooh, well, ooh. and I, I just don't know if Xavier Howard is going to be on the roster next season. Well, I don't not, know if that's a surprise not, to anybody. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I think, I think his play it, has, I think it would declined. be a surprise keeper. Right. As, right. as opposed to a surprise cut. Yeah. And, and, but I think I don't think it's going to be as big of a problem as some people think it's going to be because I think they're going to push it down another year or another two, and they're going to say we'll deal with it then. We're going to put our roster in because I think last year I think Stephen Ross basically said, "Do what you need to do." I am going to be selling this team soon, and I need a Super Bowl before I sell the team. Honestly, I think that um, I think that he's getting ready. Right? He's already oh, got his succession, succession plan. The succession to his daughter—that's kind of keeping it in. It's going to keep it in the family. I, I think I think an NFL team is too much of a cash cow for you to even get it out the family. But, but he's going to keep it in the family, which I think is you know that's the right thing for him. Um, but I think that's what he's—that's his message to the team. But to your point also about Chris Greer, you know, at some point he's going to have to be held responsible for you know for for the picks that that he's made in the draft, the decisions that he's made through free agency. And if next season we don't see the benefits of that, because we were all saying that about this past season, and then we got annihilated by injuries. So I don't think you can necessarily put that on Chris Greer. But if this season we see the same thing and we don't make it past the first round of the playoffs, I think it's going to be an issue. I think it's going to be an issue. And I think it might be an issue for more than just the general manager. You know, I, I let's 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 look at our last coaching. Hold on, uh, hold on. you putting Mike McDaniel in the hot seat after let, three years of making it to the playoffs two straight years. Well, take south. if they if they regress, let's just say that if they regress and they they don't get to where they were. Define regressing. Define regressing. Record. They Seven and ten. well, they don't make the playoffs, number one or number two. I think if they only make it to the first round of the playoffs, I think he may be on the hot seat. First coach fired for three straight first round exits. It wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the last time. Okay. Let me interject here real quick. Here's the thing. Cause you mentioned Chris Greer having a pass because of all injuries last year. I'm getting a lot of comments and questions when I do mailbags for all dolphins.com. Omar, that's your cue. Sorry. My bad. Okay. There, there we go. Uh, <laughs> that, about Greer being at fault for, always quote unquote going after injured players. And I guess people look at Chubb who had an ACL in Denver. Oh. Phillips had it. Omar, Omar rolling your eyes. And I'm not saying I agree with them. I'm just saying what. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, but, but when you're building a roster, you're like they are. Chubb is available because Denver decided that they don't want to pay him. And you, you know, uh, and and your 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 free agent class is built up on players who are one year gap fillers, and those are generally there because of injury. So it's like it's hard. What what do you want the man to do? Oh, Bill dude, Bill? I'm I'm actually agreeing with you because and the point I made is you find me that many players who've been running in the NFL for seven or eight years and not who be injured. Main medical bill. Good luck with that. Christian Wilkins. Yeah. Yeah, which is probably Rare. why they should sign him. Yeah, um, and and I'm gonna because I'm Mr. Positivity. By the way, I don't think he's gonna regress. I'm honestly thinking that we will do because I mean we still I still think we're gonna have Tua. I, you know, we're still gonna have Tyreek. We're still gonna have Waddle. You know, we got uh, a rookie running back who's gonna come now into his second year, and I think he's gonna end up being one of the best third round draft picks that the Dolphins have taken in a very 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 long time. Um, 
and I think we'll make some work or do some work on the offensive line. And it's going to be interesting to see what we do. And then on defense, just start getting people healthy and bringing some guys back. Um, but I, I, I do not think we will regress next season. I think it's going to be good, but I think a lot of money is going to be put into making sure what we continue to, to, to be better than we have been the last two seasons. Marissa, you, you, wor you worried about the cap apocalypse coming and, and does that make Chris Greer's seat get a little warm? Um, I do think it makes the seat get a little warm. I think he's been with the team for a good enough amount of time now that I think that some of this, you have to look back at him and his decisions he's made, knowing that some of this stuff was going to come up. Um, I am worried about cap. You know, I think that there's a lot, there's so many free agents. I mean, Christian Wilkins, I mean, he's, he's part of like the heartbeat of that defense and, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle's out there. I mean, there's so many different players that, you know, are to be determined. However, that's just talking about the defensive side. I mean, if you look at the O-line, I mean, Robert Hunt, what are you going to, you know, how does that play out? Um, you look at the O-line and you're thinking, okay, who are we going to do a center if Connor Williams isn't our dude, you know, and he's going to come with probably a pretty penny after the season he had minus the injury, you know, um, you know, is there somebody we get from a draft? I mean, for me, the O-line and I've been preaching it is what I think honestly needs to be focused on. And I think that, I think that Tua, well, let me not put it on Tua. I think that the way this offense is built in the time of this offense, I think that Tua needs an O-line that can support that um, and that can give him what he needs to, you know, to look at if his first read's not there, look at a second and third. And you could see it. You could see with how bad that O-line was. I mean, still, they did a great job. But for me, it's handling that first. But I think there's a lot, there's a lot of issues here that I think are gonna have to work themselves out. Um, and I'm I'm very interested to see how this happens. I think it's gonna be it's there's gonna be a, a lot of hard decisions that are gonna have to be made, I think. Um, and which is why he should be on the hot seat because of these hard decisions. Because they go I, left. I mean, he knew we were coming into this. I mean, there's no way you don't know. I mean, that is your job to know. So um, absolutely, I expect, and he's, you know, I think this is the year that he has he has to figure it out. I mean, he's the GM, that's his job. So um I don't have much leeway of grace for him at this point. Um, and um, I'm curious to see how he finagles it all and makes it all happen. Um, and uh, yeah. Poop. I love the finagle. And let me, let me just say this, by the way, they can put all the money this season, as long as the dolphins win the super bowl and we could be horrible for the next five years and I'd be okay with it. I'm yeah. just going to say that. Just gonna I mean, put that that out was there. kind of the strategy for 2023, which is why you're in the position that you're in right we now. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was this was the season we were supposed to run it back, right? I mean, this was it. And then, you know. So now we just get another credit card and transfer the balance over. And <laughs> That's right. 3% charge. That's yeah. it. <laughs> let the interest, you know, grow a little bit. Uh, Poop, Chris Greer should be on the hot seat or not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> will, he, will he be? Not sure. I think he's got an awfully long leash with Stephen Ross, to be very honest with you. Uh should he be? And yeah, but if the, if it goes south, yeah, I think all and to me go south as in no playoffs, eight and nine or seven and ten. I think every scenario is on the table, including yeah. Greer, including Mike McDaniel. Mm, interesting. And I know well, Omar doesn't seem to agree with that, but I agree with the Mike McDaniel take. I do think that 
I know a lot of us want this instant gratification of like, we want to see our coaches come in and instantly win things. And God, we don't want the situation that Carolina Panthers are going through. But I will say that to his, to his point, I mean, McDaniel, he might be new to being a head coach, but he's not new to this. I mean, he's, he's done a lot of coaching and I feel like this is time for him to learn. And he's had the first two seasons. Granted, he got us to a playoff, but we didn't win either of them. We didn't win either of them. I'll continue to reiterate that. So um, I think this is a show me something season from him. I'm not saying it needs to be a Super Bowl. I would love that. I'm not saying that. But, uh, you know, with the Lions winning the playoff, we are now the that sitting duck out there. I, I, I hear where you guys are coming from um, as fans, as somebody who looks at this team from an analytical, not analytics because I hate analytics, um, from a very – uh, journalistic standpoint. I'm sorry. Excuse me, I'm looking at it from a journalistic standpoint. Uh, 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 but I'm I don't looking at it through through fan goggles. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the way I, I, I think you guys have fan goggles on because right now the roster that I'm looking at right this very minute with all the free agents and all the holes. I mean, you got one defensive tackle, one safety, no defense, no pass rushers one linebacker that's your deep one one cornerback that's your defense right. like there's five players on your team on your defense and you got to put a whole defense together and that doesn't even go to the offense where marissa you just sat here and said improves that until it improves and uh with what money um, yeah. more about maintaining on the offense actually. and the whole roster is more about maintaining what you had as much as possible than than going out and getting other players, even even but, if they do, and the, even that would entail kicking the can down the road a little bit more, and then yeah, you know, another bad situation. Twenty twenty five. The funny thing I've always I, the, I had one phenomenal response earlier when I said it in the summer, like oh the capocalypse is coming, and everybody's like oh it's easy to fix, we'll just resign everybody to less money, and I was like yeah they ain't taking less money. I was like I was like do you really have any idea how the NFL works? Like guys don't want to take less Max money. Max will they be generally... the first one to tell you he ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, they 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 want they want more money. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a very interesting off season, probably the biggest in Dolphins franchise history. This is the first time. Whoa, what, how how is it not the biggest in Dolphins franchise history? Well, I, I don't know, but off the top of my head, to just throw that out there when we were talking about sixty six. I mean, uh, yeah, you go the back signings and the free agents. You go, you go back. 35 years. I go 15. Okay, and... well, 1974 was a bigger Roth season. Or was it 74-75 when they and they lost uh, Warfield Zonka and kicked to the World Football League? That was a catastrophic offseason. I don't know that anything that could happen this offseason could be as bad. Am I right, Biggie? Uh, you know, I was only two years old, so yes, I think... <laughs> Oh, wow, that hurts. <laughs> I wasn't even thought about. I, 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 I have not been born during a Miami Dolphins Super Bowl win. Let's just say that. And yeah. I, I'm, I've been waiting a long, long time, as we all have. Yeah. On that note, we want to thank you guys for joining us on the When Podcast Unite Part 3 of the All Dolphins Podcast. Um, Biggie uh, and Marissa, tell us what you guys have available to people who are interested in dolphinstalk.com. Marissa, I'll let you go first. What do we have available? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm at 
must be Marissa 87. Um, in season, I do uh, a show with Mike at Tuesdays at six o'clock Eastern um, off season. It's just when news drops, we'll randomly get on something. Also to my personal social media handles, I'll drop mostly videos of my reactions to different, you know, Anthony Weaver when we signed him, my thoughts on that. So you can always catch me doing that. Um, but as they say, I'm a rookie, so I'm still feeling my way and getting my groove into what I want to do. <laughs> so, are, so are we here at All Dolphins Podcast. <laughs> and, and Big E, what, what, how can they find your work? So Ian693 on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, Mike at uh, at Dolphins Talk does a tremendous job of trying to trying to keep some content out there. And uh, I, I am usually on Wednesday nights, but during the off season, we don't go weekly because there's just not enough going on to have for us, for, for me to have a weekly show on Wednesdays. Cause usually mine is a prediction show. So what are you uh, talking about? We're here every day on all. I, I, I love you guys. This is, yeah, this, this is, and I, Omar, I'm listening to you on five sixty WQAM with Joe Rose going back and forth in the morning. So I love listening to you there, but uh, I I'm, I'm a banker by trade. So I gotta, gotta do my banking stuff during the day. And then, uh, probably once every two with three, once every two to three weeks on Wednesdays at seven 45 is when you'll find me with Mike doing our, doing our show. We're, we're now on our third year, which is again, if you can do it more than a year, getting through one of the, one of the, the off seasons, then you have something special and you got to keep going. So I'm excited about that. Thank Biggie, you. You got to talk to You got to talk to Mike about picking up your fifth year option. <laughs> he's got me he's got me we get we have we talk about manscape during some of our shows so as long as we oh, get the manscape in we're good yeah okay uh, uh, always a pleasure to have you guys on and thank you mercy you know i'm a fan e, e you know i'm a big fan um so hopefully we can, will continue to have these rational dolphins talk we have another when podcast unites Coming up next, not necessarily sure that it'll be rational, but it certainly will be entertaining. <laughs> um, always a pleasure. You know how to find our work, alldolphins.com. It's for free, no paywall, no subscription. You click on the content, it's there. You can get to it for free. Um, and you know how to find All Dolphins Podcast. And if you have people that you want to see us do Podcast Unites with, and I know the one that everybody wants to see, but yeah, if you have others- everybody. Not everybody. <laughs> not everybody. Yeah, there there are people who do not want to see that. But uh, I'm a man of the people, and we will entertain you. Um, yeah, what, what's that gladiator scene? Uh, uh, are you, are not, you not, not entertained? entertained? <laughs> um, you can't handle the truth. Different yeah. movie, that's all good. So we will see you later on. Um, next week, we'll do another podcast unites, but we will be here all week on alldolphins.com. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you later. Thank up. you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.